0: Hi everyone, my name is Jim Babilis, Workplace Relations Legal Officer. And here today I have with me Clinton Tameldon, Workplace Relations Consultant. Hi Clinton, how are you going?
1: I'm good, Jim. And yourself?
0: Very good. And uh, I think today we're talking about the Royal Commission Final Report. That's
1: right. Um, Maybe before we start, what was the background and rationale of the Royal Commission Report?
0: Yeah, listen, Clinton. For some time now, mental health, I guess, has been a real key media, you know, political, legal, and even criminal justice issue. For example, over the last decade, there have been numerous violent incidents, and many of them, obviously, leading to death, that have been attributed, in one way or another, to mental health. Mental health, you know, mental health issues, or at least a failure to properly address warning signs and stigma associated with it. Also, the rapid increase in mental health injuries in the workplace has been an area and source of concern as well. And really, it's, it is against this backdrop that the state government set up the Royal Commission in 2019. Uh, the Royal Commission itself was comprised of an expert advisory committee and really was to provide advice to advice. And the committee was chaired by Professor Patrick McCory and also included Professor James Ogloff, uh, Miss Anne Doherty, Dr. Jerry Norton um, and a number of other distinguished, distinguished individuals as well.
1: Nice. And uh, you mentioned two years. That seems like a long time for a Royal Commission.
0: Uh, not necessarily. Uh, I guess, listen, the Royal Commission to the Black Saturday bushfires also took roughly one year, and the Royal Commission to misconduct in the banking sector took you know, just a bit over 14 months. Uh, further, we must remind ourselves that the interim report was issued in December 2019, and that was fairly comprehensive.
1: So you mentioned the interim r- report. So what did it exactly find?
0: Yeah. Uh, whilst it was, uh, you know, obviously a very lengthy report and largely preliminary to some extent, it did make some urgent recommendations at that stage that required implementation, and they are as follows. Um, you know, firstly, a new approach to funding, which would comprise of a new res- a revenue mechanism, to enable a substantially increased investment in mental health, and essentially this was to facilitate delivery of the reforms required to establish a contemporary, enduring mental health system. Secondly, the creation of a Victorian Collaborative Centre for Mental Health and Wellbeing to bring together expertise and lived experience, research and clinical and non-clinical care, as well as disseminating the practice of evidence to treatment, care and support across the entire state. Thirdly, an additional 170 acute mental health beds for young people and adults in the areas of need to help respond to demand, which you know, obviously demand was, was a key issue. Fourth, funding all um, area mental health services to offer the hospital outreach post-suicidal engagement program with the ability to expand with follow-up care. Uh, fifth, uh, and this is around Indigenous health, the creation of an, of an Aboriginal social and emotional well-being centre, and the establishment of social and emotional well-being teams in Aboriginal communities throughout the state to essentially support models of care. And this really was really targeting remote Aboriginal communities. Um, Uh, Sixth, the establishment of of Victoria's first residential mental health service, designed and delivered by people with lived experience of mental health illness. Uh, Seventh, uh, the development and implementation of supports and structures designed to enhance the consumer um, and family care lived experience workforces in the actual system. And lastly, increased opportunities to expand and develop the workforce, including funded gradual positions postgraduate scholarships and psychiatry rotations throughout the entire sector. And this would also probably to some extent capture, you know, overseas recruitment as well.
1: Nice. It appears that the interim report was targeted. Has this been considered in bargaining so far?
0: Yeah, absolutely, Clinton. I mean, you know, the key things um, specifically around Indigenous health access to services, you know, in regional settings, suicide prevention, acute team accessibility, professional development, you know, recruitment and retention, etc. they've really been considered. I guess these issues are very much in the mix with bargaining and many union claims um, to some extent have not progressed because they cross over with the Royal Commission and what was anticipated to be the final report. But con- conversely, there are a number of union claims, particularly, you know, professional development related ones that have been easier to follow because they link in with recruitment and retention and mental health as a career option. And this is something that the interim report did did capture.
1: So now that we have the final report, what can we make of it?
0: I guess it is very long, a total 3,195 pages. Uh, there are 65 recommendations and some crossover with the interim report. Um, listen, we will share a link on, on Yammer with the summary of the report, which essentially condenses the report down.
1: And what themes does it cover?
0: Listen, some of the themes are already known, and they are Indigenous health accessibility for regional and rural communities. However, some go beyond that and really are at the governmental level. And these are as follows. You know, repealing of Victoria's current Mental Health Act and replacing it with the new Mental Health and Wellbeing Act essentially by no later than mid-2022. You know. Secondly, conducting an independent review of mental health laws five to seven years after the new act is to be introduced, so essentially pushing it back towards the end of the decade. Uh, thirdly, a creating a mental health and wellbeing commission to monitor the implementation of the royal commission recommendations. Fourth, establish the role of the chief uh, chief officer for mental health and wellbeing, taking responsibilities for delivering the recommendations. Uh, fifth, establishing a new non-government agency led by people who have experience, experienced mental health to essentially help deliver training and services. Sixth, immediately reduce the use of seclusion and restraints with the aim of eliminating these practices within 10 years. And that really is at more at the treatment target option. Uh, seventh, ensuring compulsory treatment is only used as a last resort. Eight, triple zero calls concerning mental health to be diverted to the to Ambulance Victoria rather than the police force. Um, eight, uh, create uh, essentially between 50 and 60 local mental health services for adults as well as additional um, hospital partnerships for services aimed at both children and adults. Nine, uh, create eight regional bodies to develop and deliver mental health services across different parts of the state. And that really ties into the whole regional um, emphasis of the, of, the commission, of the Royal Commission report. 10, establish a statewide trauma services to, to coordinate uh, research by the end of 2022. Uh, 11, uh, ensure 2000 dwellings in the state government's existing household housing build are uh, allocated to people living with mental illnesses. And lastly, invest in at least another 500 supported housing places for young people with uh, mental um, illnesses who really are at risk of homelessness. So I guess what you can really see from from all these recommendations and you know these are uh, uh, to some extent not the full list of them but probably the most important ones is that they're high level recommendations. And not only do, um, I guess they cover legislative and administrative reform, but they also target treatment and models of care. And I think really the latter being models of care is really important for our members.
1: Thanks for that, Jim. And um, in terms of your recommendations from the report, there were 65 um, for our sector. So what do you make of those?
0: Yeah, listen, as I indicated, the report is very comprehensive. It clearly indicates, I guess, you know, the need uh, f- for the sector to use lived experience workers. Throughout um, mental health, and in particular for suicide prevention, Uh, it also really touches on themes of gender equality and gender-based violence, uh, anti-bullying, particularly from a policy perspective and and policy review, uh, professional development and training in terms of uh, recruitment and retention, and multidisciplinary approaches to work. And that really, I think, is is that last one is key is the key for models of care. Uh, The implementation of these recommendations by government and the sector will be paramount comprehensive and, and dare I say to some extent quite difficult as well.
1: Thanks Jim and this brings
0: me to my final question
1: how will bargaining in the next EBA address
0: this? Listen great question I guess whilst it is presumptive to some extent the outcome of the report is massive for bargaining. Uh, we can say uh, with certainty that uh, we are all still trying to di- digest largely what this report means because it is that comprehensive. Does it address staffing numbers and EFT per se say per se as per specific programs like park and prompt i guess the answer clinton will be categorically no it doesn't but it does um, talk about increases of beds and models of care as well as recruitment and retention and this really is important for workforce so yes to some extent it will be important for staffing numbers moving forward but probably from a very different angle also how do we implement the findings and i guess there's really three key themes here one Do we have to have a Royal Commission Clause in the EBA? Yes, the answer to that is categorically yes, and we're very close to finalising this. Uh, Secondly, do we have to have a Royal Commission Working Group? The answer once again is yes, and the composition of this will involve the VHI, DHS, and the unions themselves. And lastly, what role will will Wix play moving forward? To some extent, this is inferred in the Royal Commission report, but it's still a little bit unclear how this will work, and we're still trying to look into this and digest that component. Also, the scope of lived experience workers cannot be underestimated. I guess it is for Childers that we are now working on the lived experience workers classifications. This has been touched on to some extent by the Royal Commission report, and the recommendations around this are are enormous. Thanks for that, Jim. Um, Any final thoughts for us? Listen. I guess I'll probably will indicate that um, members will hear a lot about the report over the next four years, and it is safe to say that um, this will be probably the first of many Raw Commission-related podcasts moving forward.
1: Great. Thanks again for inviting me, Jim.
0: Thank you, Clinton. Have a great day. I'm coming you